So this morning, uh, this morning is Kids Camp Sunday. For those of you who are visiting, you may be thinking this is one of the strangest or the uh, most interesting uh, worship services you've been to in a while, uh, and I hope that's the case. Um, this is one of the things I'm grateful that as a church, we value our kids. We love our kids. We love you guys. And we want to see you to grow up to be amazing people uh, who follow Jesus. And so this last week we had our kids camp, and like I mentioned already, we had 36 campers, uh, 15 youth leaders, 20 adults, plus all sorts of other people, uh, you know, concentric circles around helping out. And so it was, a, it was an amazing week. Lots of great things were happening. Um, a couple things I wanted to say. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, first thing I wanted to say was thanks to Elaine. Um, Elaine, yeah. <laughs> I'm really proud of you, and I know um, our church is really proud of you. You have great gifts, and uh, you've done a great job. Thank you. I'd also like to say thanks to the Dickiesons, to Judy and to Rick. They've done so much, I mean, behind the scenes. Like they, <laughs> thank you, guys. And there's lots of others who've helped, um, Marg and, and Nancy with Snack, and, and all sorts of people who were involved. So um, we're just grateful for you and for this last week. You're grateful too, Shalem? Yes? No? Okay. So uh, this year we focused on a couple, um, four main truths. And the first one is the truth that God made you. That's God. Right. See, that was what he did each week. So yeah, you're just going to get into this now. You get a little experience, a little bit of taste, or another taste of kids' camp. So I'll say the, the main phrase, and you can just say, wow, God. So God made you. Right. And so we talked some, we read from uh, Genesis, and we talked about how God made us, that we aren't just accidents, that there's this amazing creator, and he made us. And he didn't just make us, he made this whole creation, everything that we see. I mean, the rain, the, the amazing forest, everything we see around us, God made us. And one of the activities we had the kids do was make a person. And they had all these materials, and you should have seen some of the crazy people they had with feathers and all sorts of stuff sticking out. But we also talked some about how God has made us. So uh, I'd like everybody just to take your hand, make a fist. I'm going to time you here. When I say go, just start squeezing it like that, okay? Ready, set, go. Stop. How many squishes did you get? You didn't count? Did anybody count? A few people counted. Okay. You don't need to worry so much. I got about uh, 20, I think. Okay. What's that? How, who else counted? How many did you get? No, right. <laughs> 17, 30. Okay. Do you know that your heart pumps uh, roughly, I mean, on average, 70 times a minute. Every minute of every hour, of every day, of every month, of every year of your life. What an amazing thing God has done. What an amazing uh, uh, artery, amazing muscle God has given us, the way he's made us, that our hearts pump, and that's what keeps us alive. 
So we talked some about that. We talked some about this amazing heart that God has given us. But then also, too, we talked some about our lungs. All right, so I'm going to blow this out. Come on, pop it. I'll stop there. So we had the kids blow up balloons, too. Who can guess? Kids, you can't answer. Who can guess how many balloons we would blow up a day just from our breathing? Owen. (laughs) But he's right. (laughs) A thousand balloons. I'm guessing it probably more than filled this room with balloons. The amazing way that God has made us, our lungs. Take another just a second here. High five someone next to you. Did you f- now think about feeling it, okay? Now high five the next person. Think about how you felt that. So, without getting into the amazing things of how our nerves work and how our brains receive um, um, stimuli, stimuli and how it, all that registers. The point we wanted to make with the kids is that, yeah, Shem? Close, actually. The, the signal actually travels 170 miles an hour uh, through our bodies. Just how amazing God has made us. So we talked some about this, and to help the kids see that they are not just, and help us see as adults, that we're not just accidents, that we're not just random parts just thrown together, that there's a creator, there's a good God, and he has made us wonderfully complex. So we remember this passage. This, this was the, the theme verse for the first day, and it came from Psalm 139, 14. It says, Thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. This is the verse to help us to remember that from God's word that we were wonderfully made, that we are wonderfully complex. And Linda, I checked it out. It actually, in the Hebrew, it is fearfully like, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, which is a little bit, we were having a discussion about, how, like, you know, unique would be a better word there, but it's fearfully and wonderfully made. So that's from Psalm 139, verse 14, that God has made us. The next truth that we talked about is that God is for you. Okay, adults... Right. Wow, God. <laughs> Absolutely. So we talked some about this. I mean, the story that we talked about here, the, the kids heard, and I really like, the thing I, one of the things I really liked about Kids Camp is they hear stories from all over the Bible. And so to hear about how God was for you, we talked about the story of how uh, Joshua sent spies into the land, uh, into especially the city of Jericho, to check things out. And, and uh, Rahab, uh, you don't need to get the details of her life, but um, she helped save them. And we talked about how God was for them, how even though there was the king's men were looking for them and, and the spies, their lives were in danger, that God was taking care of them, that God was for them. And, you know, something that we need to talk about is how God is for us when we are following him. You know, that's, sometimes we think like God is for me when I'm cheating on my test. Or God is for me when I'm punching my brother. No. (laughs) No, God is for us when we are following 
him. And when we talk, like, what does it mean to say that God is for us? Adults, this is encouraging for us, too. This good news is that when God is for us, it means it's almost like um, another analogy is God is in our corner. God is there to encourage us, to help us. Times when we feel absolutely alone or like everything is falling apart, God is there. He doesn't run out. He doesn't fail us. He doesn't abandon us. He's always there with us. God is for you. And so we talked about the passage that we um, focused on to help bring this home was Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? When Paul wrote this, he was speaking to a church, an ancient church in the city far away in, in modern-day Rome, uh, in Italy. He was sending them this letter and trying to encourage them because they were being persecuted. They were being, people were doing all sorts of mean things to them because they were following Jesus. And he said, if, if God is for us, we, his church, who can ever be against us? He's trying to encourage them never to worry. So Adele, that's good news. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right, Lydia? Yeah. So, then we move on to our next truth, that God made you for a reason. Okay, adults, let me try to give you one more chance. God made you for a reason. Wow, God. Nice job. And this story, uh, this was actually Friday, but I'm getting the days purposely out of order. Some of you kids might have noticed that because I want to focus on the best one, save the best one for last. But we talked about this on Friday. Uh, God made you for a reason. And we went through the story of how uh, when David was in the wilderness with his 600 men, and how uh, Nabal, his, uh, he was a wealthy shepherd, um, well, actually just a wealthy man who had lots of sheep, and um, none of his sheep went missing while David and his men were in the wilderness. And um, we had some great games of, of shepherding here in this room. You can imagine all these chairs away and kids trying to steal sheep, and um, it was pretty great. And we talked with them about how easy it was for sheep to go missing or to, to get stuck or to be lost and how none of them went missing. And so when David came to Nabal and asked for help, Nabal sneered at him. You should have, we had the kids practice some sneering and they gave us some great sneers. Who teaches them that, right? <laughs> Who teaches kids to sneer? And they just know it. Um, but we talked some about, and then so Nabal refused and he sneered and David was furious and he grabbed, of his 600 men, he grabbed 400 of them, told them to put on your swords, we're going to go take care of this guy who, who was not only refused to help us but insulted us in the way that he did it. And as he was getting everything prepared, Nabal's wife, Abigail, came. She had heard, one of her servants told her that what had happened and so she loaded up donkeys with food and everything and brought them out to David. And David, when she came, David said, Praise God for you. Blessed are you, because you have um, brought us food and, and you have um, talked us out of this, this thing that we're going to go do. And she said, David, you know, why have this blemish on your record? When you are king, why have this blemish? Here, take this food. Let, let me take responsibility for what my husband has done. Take all of this food. And everything worked out. And we talked some about how God has not only made you, with an amazing heart and amazing lungs and an amazing brain, but he's also made you for a reason. 
that Abigail had a reason to go and to talk with David. And David had a reason for being. Not only was he arguably the greatest king of Israel, but from one of his descendants would come the greatest person slash son of God who would ever live, Jesus. That David had a reason. Even Jesus, who was sent, had a reason. I don't want to get into theological hair-splitting, but Jesus was sent. He wasn't made by God. He was sent by God. He is God. And he was sent for a reason. So he talked about how we were made for a reason. And so Sydney, I wonder how God is, what sort of reasons God has made you. Or Josiah, what reasons God has made you for. Or you too, Fisher. See, those are the things that we don't know. And even some of you, even Herb, I think we're still figuring out. Herb is uh, 99 years old. In a few more months, he's going to be 100. Yeah. And while we may have a good idea of many of the reasons why God has made Herb or other of you or those of you who are also uh, elders, we still don't know like in the time that you have or those like the the effects that you'll have even after you've died. But God has made each of you for a reason. That's true. And one of the texts that we used to help us remember that was Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. That's good news. God has plans for you, Ellie and Lydia. Sam, God has a plan for you. Lucas, God has a plan for you too. He's made you for a reason. Raina, can you believe that? That God made you for a reason. The last truth that we talked about um, was my favorite and the one that I wanted to save for the last. God will always love you. Good job. You guys are getting good at this. This is the truth. This is um, to totally oversimplify and reduce everything way too much. Say this is why we do Kids Camp. So that kids and, and families in our community will know that God will always love them. And we talked some about Jesus. We talked that this is what God's love looked like. That Jesus came, took on flesh, the Son of God who had no reason to take on flesh, took on flesh, became a person and lived among us. He taught us how to live. He taught us what God was really like. He showed us how to love one another, how to be a blessing to others. But he didn't stop there because he knew that he came to do something even greater. And we talked, if you remember, guys, remember we had the cross? Remember we had the cross? We're going to stay. The sinful things that we had done. Remember we put those on there and we talked about Jesus last night with his disciples? How he ate a meal with them. Do you remember? And even when he knew that one of them was going to betray him, he didn't run away. He took another step towards the cross. And when they all went out to the garden to pray, and it looked like, and then the soldiers were coming, 
Jesus didn't run away. He took a step toward them and toward the cross. And when they arrested him and they had that trial, remember it was at night. It wasn't even at daytime. Jesus took another step toward the cross. That God loved us, he loved you so much that he went to the cross, that he died for us. That Jesus didn't run away. He didn't head for another country or some far off place of the world. He kept taking steps toward the cross, towards this sacrifice that he knew he was going to make. That's how deeply God loves you. That's how deeply God loves all of you. But that's not where the story ends. All the, all the sin, the things that we've done wrong, the things that we regret, the things we wish we could go back and change, the times we wish we could unbreak our sister's toy or unhit our brother for being too loud, all those times we wish we could go and undo those things, the things we regret, the things that we even are ashamed of. Maybe some of us who are adults, we know what those things are like. All those things, all those things that separated us from our, God, from our Father in heaven no longer do, no longer separate us because of what Jesus has done on the cross. He's taken our place. He's made us right with our Father in heaven. And even if he didn't stop there, even if that's not enough, he didn't stay dead. Jesus rose again. The tomb is empty. Do you remember that picture we showed? The picture of that limestone tomb? It was all carved out and it was empty. The door was rolled open. The light was coming in. It was empty. Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. He's risen. And he's risen to God's right hand. There he reigns and he's coming again. This is the good news. Hunter, can you believe it? That Jesus isn't dead, that he's still alive. That he loves you so much that he died on a cross and then he rose again. This is my favorite part of the story. This is my favorite part of Kids Camp. That we hear this good news. I think part of the reason why it's one of my favorite things is because it has changed my life. I see some of you nodding. You know what I mean. Guys, this is the news that changes lives. That God will always love you. That Jesus died on our cross and rose again. I'd like you kids, the younger, the younger part of our church, to turn around and look at all the people sitting behind you. Look at all them. These are people whose lives have been changed by Jesus. So much more that they care. They would even come and sing songs that they've never sung before, dance dances they've never danced before with you because of how Jesus has changed them. This is the good news that God will always love you. This changes lives. And the text that we had for that was, Your unfailing love will last forever, from Psalm 89. So these are the four truths that we had this week, the four things that we wanted kids to go home with. This good news that God made you. This good news that God is for you. This good news that God made you for a purpose. And this good news is that God will always love you. God does rock. Thank you, Lucas. Absolutely. This is good news for all of us. These things are true. 
This is one of the things I love about our faith. Our faith is simple enough that that children get it and sometimes get it better than even those of us who've been at it for a few years. And the fact that it's immensely complex. We could study the Bible. I mean, there are people who literally have studied the Bible for decades. One particular book, and they've still not gotten to the bottom of it. This is the amazing faith. This is the amazing God that we serve. I love how, Walter, how you talk about it. This Bible is just like a pamphlet on who God really is. But these things are true for us. This is true whether you're six years old or 96 years old. God made you. God is for you. God made you for a purpose. And God will always love you. This is the word of God this week. Amen.